This is Ursula Hogan welcoming you to News Extra on Scariff Bay Community Radio, where we feature interviews which go into detail on some of the events in the news this week. Next Wednesday, the Clare Leader Forum are holding their second Disability Pride event in Ennis. Jim Collins spoke with Dermot Hayes to find out what it was all about. Now, I'm delighted to be joined here on Scariff Bay Community Radio by the a founder member of the Clare Leader Forum, a man we've had on before recently when he published a book, and that's Dermot Hayes. Dermot, you're very welcome uh, to the East Clare Airwaves again. Thank you very much, Jim. I appreciate having me now. Give me, give me the time. I really appreciate this now. Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you, the reason, you know, your name came up is that uh, we're looking at uh, a news item this weekend where next Wednesday, that's Wednesday the 26th of July, the uh, it's the Disability Pride event takes place in Ennis. Maybe you might give me a bit of background uh, to the Disability Provide uh, event that's taking place next Wednesday, starting at the O'Connell Monument in Ennis. Well, there's a group nationally called Disability Power Ireland, and uh, they came up with the idea originally, really. Uh, they're already new, they're only three years old. So they are just celebrating the issues of disability and campaigning. So they asked us, would we take part in the Disability Pride? And Jesus, it fitted us very well. We were all, everyone 100% behind us because we wanted, because previously in, in April, we had done another little, little uh, rally in the square in Ennis. And it was very good, actually, about independent living, really. And it went very well. So we we got a bit cocky, maybe, and we got a bit proud of ourselves. Yes. So I said, why not do it again? Like So we, we said we'd do this Disability Pride. And it's a damn great idea because we have Marie Griffin, who will be singing in the square. She's well-known around Venice in that area, really. And then we have we have, um, we have marched down the street. We'll march with a speech at the beginning, right? And it will march down the street to, to um, the old ground hotel with our Hootons and, and, and Holland and Shorten and the whole lot and wave the flags. And we'll march up again. And then we'll have another speech. And then we'll go into Temple Gate where uh, we'll have food. And Tommy Ryan, the great Tommy Ryan, who's well known around County Clare, plays music to all kinds of nursing homes and, and places like that. And uh, he'll be playing a disco for us. He'll uh, have us too. So it starts at a quarter to 12, and the parade will be over about 1 o'clock, quarter to 1, and then into the Temple Gate, and then we'll stop the music there, and we'll be finished about quarter past 2 or half past 2. And so that's a great, that's a great gig in the middle of the winter, in the middle of the summer, like. Yes. That's a great idea. Hopefully the weather will be good and everything like that. I know. When I saw this first, um, I certainly got the wrong idea, Dermot, because, you know, I thought it was... Was it a protest? Was it uh, something that's, um, you know, giving a message or whatever? But um, it's actually a celebration, a bit of crack. It's a bit of crack. A bit of, that's all it is, a bit of crack, really. And us coming together, really. So it's for us to kind of uh, make the best day out of it, really, and come out. And, and, and not because generally people with disabilities are not generally involved in any social activities outside of the, of the, the, the place that they're in, that they're, either the nursing home, uh, the institution, or maybe their house, really, and to get out for a day and march down the main street of County Clare and have a now crack a bit of rally and do a bit of ho- howling and, and, and hollering up and down the street, really, and have a ba- few banners and the Clare flag flying, of course, 
and the Irish flag if you have it. So to bring those along with you and uh, to show off really that we are here and we're not going away. Like I mean, there's 22 percent of the population in County Clare with disabilities really. Yes. I mean, some of the situations people are living are is dire really. You know what I mean? Yes. I mean, this is 2023, and we're asking the government over the years to get people out under 65 out of nursing homes and to people to live independently. Yes. And there's a lot of people like with disabilities on a housing list, and they're still waiting for housing, really. Yes. And that's one thing. But also jobs, Jim. There's 63% of people with disabilities are working age between 18 and 65 unemployed, really. That's a lot of people unemployed, really, you know what I mean? Yes. And, you know, the disability allowance that many people are on, is that sufficient to live a meaningful life or even have meaningful life, really? And, you know, that's the big issue, ongoing issue all over the years, really. So we're trying to get the government and the politicians to change their mind and the inclusion. And, of course, we have the UNCPR, that's the United Nations recommendations to be signed in fully with the government. And they give us a lot of rights. And, but the implementation of those rights is a big thing, right, really. But that's one thing about accessibility. There's all things about accessibility to buildings, but they're all things about accessibility to transport. I mean, even to say in 2023, the state bus, the CI bus, buses are not all accessible in County Clare, like, which is criminal, really. Yes. And we've been fighting for that a long time. And there's not enough uh, accessible to wheelchair taxis in County Clare either for people. And it's very hard to get a wheelchair taxi anytime, really. You need to be booking weeks in advance, which is unfortunate, really, you know. Yeah. So all those things, and also they get into education as well. They get into secondary school uh, with your personal assistant or your, your, your classroom assistant. To get assistance is very hard, really, in, in secondary schools. Some secondary schools, now, some of them are very good, mind you, but others are not. And so to get all that uh, brought into the 20, 21st century, really, we've been campaigning. I've been, I've been on the road since 1992 with Anne-Marie Flanagan and a few more of us, really. Yes. And with, uh, those, those are the things we were campaigning about then. Yes. So this is 23, whatever, 30-something years ago. But we're battling away. We're making a bit, bit of progress, really. Mm. But the good thing about what we're doing is that we're joining in with the national groups now, more so than campaigners, the act, activists. And we're joining in with the European, the NL, the European Network of Independent Living, uh, which is good. But we hope to get there again this year, uh, or in Brussels, really, to campaign on issues, really. I know. In my, in, in, in my previous... Uh, life where i was a, a teacher in the in right. in the education system and uh, you know i would have seen that where a person with disability was brought into the normal mainstream uh, classes right. in the education it was mm -hmm. i i felt always it was absolutely brilliant for the person with disability but it was also yeah, yeah. fantastic for the rest of the pupils who didn't have a disability because um the the child with a disability you know once they got used to him was was just a normal child in the classroom and yeah, just yeah, like anybody yeah. else yeah that's what we're campaigning for you yeah that's yeah. what we're campaigning for really. so that's very important education is very important jim as, as you know as a teacher education is very important i mean i mean it's great though that we have the secondary schools most of them on board but then they get into the colleges get people a, a, a diploma or some sort of a, a degree or a master's, really. That's the thing now. I know some of them have degrees now at the minute, 
but then they get a job with your degree, really, which is very important. And education is a great opener, really, for life. Yeah, you mentioned uh, unemployment there and the percentage of, of people with disability who are unemployed of a certain, yeah, of, exactly. of working age. Is there, yeah. do you think, is there a problem with employers? Uh, do they shy away from people with disabilities? Uh, when it comes to getting a job or or maybe is there a sufficient um, incentive for for employers to take on people with disabilities? Well, I suppose it's a combination of a few things, Jim. Uh, sometimes you can be ignorant, really, or not knowing. And the other thing is about accessibility, really. There's one thing to have a great employer below in Shannon, but if you're the employee from, say, West Clare and you have no accessible transport to get there, really, that's a difficult area. That's a difficult thing. That's one thing, really, you know. But yes. obviously, all has been worshipped. There's a thing called the pliability. There's an organisation called employability. But they end up doing a lot of training with people and a, and a lot of work placement, really. But what we want to uh, campaign is to get people jobs, really. Yeah, yes. there's another obstacle as well. It's a kind of combination of obstacles. It is a people on a disability allowance, really, the disability. If they take a full-time job, they're going to lose their allowance. And, and if you don't like the job after six months or nine months or something happens to the job, to get back at that allowance again, it takes for ages to get back on again, really, you know. Yes. So yeah. well, to get back on the door, very, very snappy enough, like, really. But to get back on your disability allowance and your medical is, is is a very slow procedure. It could take you up to nine months, really. So the fear the very... fear of losing that ah, could put people off course, looking for, for employment. Of course it is, Jim. Of course it is. Yeah. So we're, we're saying to the government there's a number of things going on there, yeah. And, and I suppose the nervousness that people say, if you were if you were in your thirties and you never had a job, like really, to get into a job really is, is a difficult thing, really. Yes. Because you know the, the the routine that you'd have to get into and the whole lot. So that'll have to be overcome. But I mean, now that we have work from home now and, and remote working, which is a great idea, really. And for anyone that needs the technology. It's definitely is a great idea, really, you know. Yes, yeah. And tell me, Dermot, outside of the, the world of work and the availability of that and the accessibility to it, in, in terms of everyday living, um, you know, what would be the feeling among people with disabilities? I mean, are there, are there I would imagine there are areas that uh, people with disabilities would like to see addressed. Well, there's one thing that you see, a lot of people just really are living at home, right? Yes. Maybe are living at home, right? They've become a dependency on that. And the next thing then is that the local authority uh, are used to get uh, uh, build suitable dependent living houses. And then when you need dependent living houses, then the personal assistance, with all that's on about the personal assistance, really, have sufficient personal assistance for people to live a full a full life, really. You know what I mean? Yes. To come in the morning, to, to assist the person to get out of bed and to assist them with their breakfast if they need it. And maybe to assist them again during the day if they need it. Or, or again in the evening to put them into bed again if they need it, really. But yes. Assist somebody, not to be a carer or a home help, it's to assist. And we put the word on assist all the time because the person decides themselves what they want to do, when they want to do do I want to get up at 8 o'clock in the morning? Do I want to get up at 9? Assist people, really. And I have my breakfast later or not. And the word assist is very important on that. Yes. So we're very strong on that issue. So our people are moving into an independent living setting, 
they need some assistance if they need the assistance. And you can get the occupational therapist to, to give you a number of hours, how many hours you need assistance with, really. Yes. So generally, it's from, you see, the way the HSE is divided, uh, divided into areas, really. You have the West of Ireland, I know what's called COIR, and then you have another path, and then you have the Dublin area. And then I know from my friends in Dublin, they are very well, when I would have 100% catered for, but they're pretty well catered for compared to down the West of Ireland, really. Yes. A lot of people that I know with disabilities had health assistance and live independently, really. Yes. So yes. it can be done, can be done. Jim. That's what we have said all and, the time. And, and of course, done. those choices that you're talking about there are the, yeah. the type of choices that, that all of us take for granted that we Absolutely. make every day. And I mean, it's not you're not asking for, for special treatment. Absolutely, Jim. You put the nail in the head there. You spoke hmm. very well about that. That's very clear now, yeah. Yes. So that's a critical, critical part of it, really. Independent living choice, really. Yes. And same choice as anybody else. And people want to work to better contribute to society. I know I worked for a long, long time to the, the money withdrawn from the government at the time. And I didn't. I loved paying my taxes and stuff like that, really. Yes. And, you know, I, I got up every morning. I went to work every morning. And I, and I traveled the country and the whole lot. So yeah. there's the people that want to work, really, you know what I mean? Yeah. And get out and do that because, I mean, you want to fulfill yourself as a human being. That's very important, Jim, really, you know? Yeah, and I would say the majority of people want to contribute to society yeah. and that's to the yeah, economy in, in wherever they're living. Yeah, yeah of course, Jim. Yeah, that's important, yeah. 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 So I mean, next Wednesday is very important to celebrate. And Turkey Night is a disability pride month, yeah. this month, okay? And I, and I presume yeah. it's open to anybody to come along, is it? Oh, we'd love to have loads of people. We'd love to have stewards as well. If, if there was able-bodied people around to come to be active stewards as well, we'd love to have them as stewards as well. Like really, fantastic, really. I know, yes. And um, what yeah. you're promising is a bit of crack. A bit of crack, yeah, of course. You've been like that, and stuff like that, be a speech or two. And Marie Griffin is a great musician, absolutely wonderful musician. Yes. And she was singing my lovely Rosa Clay, and she was singing all those kind of songs, really, you know. Yes. Which people love, and that people are, they're common to people as well. Like, so. I and know. then we have Tommy Ryan, a great Tommy Ryan, inside and in the Simple Gate, yeah. who will obviously play all the lovely tunes that we go back in the 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s, and a bit of rock and roll, a bit of jazz. I know, a bit, know, of, bit of everything. Well, I suppose the one message you are sending out, Dermot, is that uh, people with disabilities can enjoy themselves as well and can have a celebration. Because to get out at night time, socialising is very difficult to get out at night because unless you have a taxi home, uh, you know, for a lot of people, you cannot get home. So it's very important that we do these things intermittently during the month or during the year. Like, so people can experience a bit of social life and stuff like that. And we have lovely food laid on, lovely food laid on there in Tippigate as well. So, yes. you know, that kind of works very, very well. Okay. Well, you make it sound very tempting and very inviting, Dermot. Oh, yeah. so, Thank you very much, Jim. Thank li- you. Listen, we'll, with the help of God, we'll, we'll see you on Wednesday in Ennis. So give me the time again that it's starting. Starting, the first thing is starting at a quarter to 12 in the square in Ennis. And then we march down the street and come back up again. And we have a snuggly speech. And by the time all that is done, we'll be in Chimpy's Bay by one o'clock. And we'll have a bit of food. And we'll have the disco in. And we'll finish at half past two. Okay. So listen, lunchtime on Wednesday. Um, 
we look forward to it. And as I said, we'll see you there. Dermot Hayes, many thanks for joining us on Scariff Bay Community Radio. And hopefully it will be a big success again. Great honour to be with you, Jim. Thank you very much to Scariff Radio and good luck to listeners. The South East Clare Show takes place this Sunday in Bridgetown. Pat O'Brien chatted with Show Secretary Yvonne McNamara about the event for Scariff Bay Community Radio. Uh, my name is Pat O'Brien for Scariff Bay Community Radio News Extra. I am joined on the line now by Yvonne McNamara, Secretary of uh, South East Clare Show Society. And uh, they're having their annual show on um, Sunday next, the 23rd of July, in uh, their showgrounds in Bridgetown. Uh, you're welcome to Scarif Bay Community Radio, uh, Yvonne. Thank you very much, Pat. Yes, delighted to be have the opportunity to chat with you about the upcoming show. Um, yes, which is just very on the countdown and yeah, very near to it. So Sunday, July twenty third. Yeah, and you haven't. It's it's the thirty first annual uh, East Southeast Clare Show. Yes. So this year, twenty twenty three, thirty first um, show as you mentioned. Um, coming off the back of last year, which was our, our milestone year. Um, but again, yeah, looking to improve it each year and based on feedback and what people really want to see at a show. And things probably have changed somewhat, um, you know, from the traditional agricultural shows that I think I can certainly relate to growing up, which is very much focused on, you know, the competitor only element of it, whether that was the equine, the cattle, or the dogs, whereas we have seen certainly, since I've been involved in this committee, um, which is almost nine years now, but we see more and more of family focus, family day out, family activities, entertainment for children, um, and that has been a big draw. So we've certainly taken that on board and introduced those elements um, year and year um, to get it to a point where a number of years ago, we had the um, competition to win a um, a trip to Disneyland, um, where we'd have the Disney characters on site. But this year, we have increased the activity readily available. So again, you're looking at anything like your your face painting, um, your fun on the farm, um, the typical amusements. Um, so these are already there, but then you have the likes of maybe for the, the little bit older, you know, the likes of your Bucking Bronco. Um, so they're just a flavour, I suppose, of the entertainment activities for um, for children. Um, then, you know, you look at from point of view of competitive, still with the family focus, so the likes of your um, your family dog. Um, so there's like about 14 dog competitions um, this year. Oh, yeah. And catering for all sorts. Um, and that includes obviously your your people um, with their professional dog um, hat on, um, or and their own um, dogs that they have taken, whatever maybe you know the best groom dog, best fence dress dog. So again, um, lots of, of various um, competitions um, from that point of view. And then you know going back into the tradition of what we'd all um, have known from our agricultural show. So you have, you know, going back in, like I said, your your cattle showing. So again, for us, um, probably in excess of maybe 20 um, cattle competitions, um, young horse um, in hand showing. So again, looking at a the number there um, of classes. So they vary anything really from your 
your your best gold, your champion foal of the show, your champion horse of the show. But we've been very fortunate and we have been able to secure um, Bridgetown Show as the venue um, to identify the all Arling yearning filly competition. So for, for us, this is where you have a number up to probably 20 um, people uh, will have already qualified from nationwide anywhere, you know, throughout the country. And um, since the start of season, they will then descend on Bridgetown showgrounds and they will then um, put yes, their best foot forward um, for this, you know, All-Ireland um, yearling feeding championship. And it is, it's a much sought after prize. So certainly it helps for any equine owner or um, enthusiast to maybe, you know, have that um, prize um, to be able to, whether, you know, to sell on that that animal um, or for, for their, um, I suppose, pedigree and whatnot. So, um, again, very fortunate um, to have that competition. And then, you know, still in an equine element, looking at the, the ridden horse, working hunter, ridden pony. So they're all competitions that will accommodate, you know, the, the younger um, aspect. Um, children-wise, um, but they include, again, anything kind of from your ridden family pony to your fancy dress. Um, so, yeah, I sound like I'm, I'm going on and, and not, um, but, and there's lots in it, and I, I could go on more, um, you know, anything from your traditional vehicle to um, your horticulture and home projects, which is a massive um, element. Yeah. And again, you're looking at probably in the region, maybe of 30 classes within that, and that is anything from a floral section to home baking um, to horticulture, which includes maybe the best head of lettuce um, to photography, painting, to children's section. So all of these definitely works out to offer a day out and there's something in it for everybody. And that is typically true on there. Um, even this year, we're catering for um, the All-Ireland Turning Final. We will have live coverage on a large screen. It will be undercover. It will cater for anybody maybe who does want to, you know, jump in and out and, and see how that, that game is going. But um, the vintage is another. Um, yeah, vintage so, cows and all that. You have, you have some uh, carnivals will enjoy the range of classic cows and show. So yeah. That will be and, of and interest as well. Absolutely. You know, you have your vintage cars and, and tractors. And then as you walk through the main field, we have a number of, I suppose we call it, it's like a farmer's market style, but within there you have lots of, you know, little stalls, anything from your local artisan to, you know, food elements to knickknacks. We have a um, a carver which will display um, a carve-out from wood um, of really um, nice animals. So he will be on site. Um, we have the mounted police. So they're going to join us on the day, um, and they're a nice photo opportunity. Throughout, we have the mobile pet farm. So any of these that I've mentioned <clears throat> really are included once you know a person or family comes through the, the main admission entrance. Um, our fee is very reasonable. We haven't there's been no increase on it year in year, um, but it's twenty five euro for a family. So that includes two adults and up to two children. Two children relating to up to eleven years. Um, but for that, then everything, well, everything bar your emissions, but every, what I've mentioned there, you know, your mobile pet farm or mobile pet farm, even 
your your face painting, you know, children's um, Disney characters, um, kiddies' disco, balloon making. That is all free of charge. Oh, yeah, the reason why it's free of charge. And I see I see, Yvonne, as well, you have 20,000 20, in, um, in prize money distributed to winners on, on, on the day. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, 20,000 total prize funds. And that's total prize funds, yeah, yeah, yeah. Throughout all the sections, you know, the Cat and the Equine that I mentioned, and our show jumping. Now, this year, we have come across, we've been um, working on the field already um, this week, because um, as you can imagine, there's a, a lot of behind-the-scene work. Oh, yeah, a lot of week, course, yeah. And trying to work that together with weather forecasts, current weather conditions, and working with obviously suppliers and third parties to try and make that match. So um, our files, our fields were really looking. It's a blank canvas, but it's a beautiful setting. Yeah, it's just beautiful. Yeah, I was, I was, I was in it on a few occasions, and I was remarking actually how how, 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 how ideal it was for for short jumping for for the show, you know. Oh, and, and it is remarked by lots. It's probably one of the, the nicest, you know, venues for yeah. any agricultural show in yeah, the country. It's, it's very, very picturesque with the, the trees and the and the hedge and all trimmed. And, uh, it is a lovely oh, venue, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah go, go a long way to kind of find similar. Would, yeah, and yeah, we are yeah. very lucky, you know, so certainly we appreciate, you know, there's also sacrifices from, you know, landowners' point of view, um, from tenants of land, um, and so on and so forth. So, um where am I going with this story, was um, based on, on the condition, I suppose, and forecast more so, we had also been really lucky to secure a Grand Prix show jumping, which for us, we would have been, but well, we are, the only show in County Clare that has this competition. And this. So with that in mind, now when you talk about Grand Prix, you're really talking, I suppose, yeah, um, so certainly your higher level. Top class, um, yeah, yeah. Probably your 135 to 140 um, metre height. Um, so for that, I suppose certainly um, your conditions you do want them next to perfect and you know with forecast conditions on a on a grass level that is out of our control but oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, certainly from the safety of animal and rider that was something so we did make the decision um, just um, this week to relocate just the show jumping element so just the any yeah. show jumping element from the grass condition to um, a really um, good option area, which is um, Holly Park Stables, and that's located just in Corrie Chase. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's purely just for, um, like I said, for the safety of rider and yeah, yeah. animals um, at that height. But um, it just means, yeah, little, probably a little bit more. We we need to, we've already have a, a pretty tight core of people on the committee um, as a, you know, to start, but um, we certainly get help on the day, but it just means that we're splitting our, our bodies over two. But um, yeah, just being, means to make sure that we're well organised and and um, have things in place. And and so I it takes a big group of people to to organise the show and to have everything uh, right on the day as well, Yvonne. You know, uh, you you everything doesn't hop into place. Um, you know, you you have to take. There's a good bit of planning that goes in in, in the last few weeks. Yeah, I mean, it starts probably with an AGM from the previous year and then continues with the the uh, mentioning of, of the committee for the upcoming year. Um, obviously, a date planning because you obviously are in competition with Nationwide to get your date for us. So the Clare Show is yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. the fourth Sunday in July. So that's typically what we run. People have it in their diaries. They're familiar with it. And, and then it continues from there. So anything from your trade stands, 
um, to, um, I suppose, fighting our place to get, you know, qualifiers, as we've mentioned right there, or championships, which are um, a big deal to have on your ground. And it means, obviously, there's more interest, there's more football. So with that, of course, it's, um, there's a, a lot more attraction, of course. Um, and then, like I said, um, increasing maybe the experience or improving the experience year and year. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and then, you've, you know, your printing element, your catalogue, um, your social media aspect, which is a big thing and reaching people, whether it be in the leisure or the, the competitor um, element. And then always thinking up those new ideas or new ways to, for to attract. Um, yeah, this year now, we, again, we've been lucky. So I suppose in one way, we've yeah, been lucky in many occasions. We just hope we keep going weather-wise for the weekend. But, We've also secured um, live um, coverage TV, and that's coming in from Sky One Eight One. That's the Farming Now program, so they will be on site on the day. They'll get an opportunity to interview lots of people, and um, we're hoping that that will certainly, I suppose, yeah, allow people to look back. Whether that that be probably one week later, but we'll keep people in. Um, updated on that. Uh, and you've um, Milford Care Centre and uh, the Alzheimer's Society Association are, are your um, your uh, chosen charities for the for the day. Correct. Um, and as I mentioned, I've been involved in this um, for this and my ninth year. But um, since being involved, we did we we picked a charity of choice, um, which was Milford Care Centre, um, and we felt certainly a charity that has touched the hearts of many, many people. Um, so post-show each year, we have donated to Milford and taken the opportunity to um, meet the fundraising committee in Milford, in Milford and do a photo opportunity with them. Um, and each year, don't get me wrong, it's certainly, you know, it's a discussion we have. Um, so this year, again, for the discussion, and um, some people identified interest to... Um, include Alzheimer's Society um, of Ireland, so that we did. So this year we have Medical Care Centre and um, the Alzheimer's Society. So again, very similar, we will do post-donation. Uh, your gates are open at 10 a.m., Yvonne, and, and uh, uh, with everything, everything getting, getting underway at 11. Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. Um, cattle check, cattle showing starts at eleven. Um, typically, this would be a little bit earlier. Um, I suppose we took into account the All Ireland um, final being on, um, and accommodating people to get their time to get out if they wanted to make their way home before that. But um, like I said, we've also covered that angle in having the live coverage on the ground. And you, you have a you have a, a website there as well for um, if somebody wants to book book a ticket before they, they go to the show. Yeah, you can certainly arrive on the day without um, admission or to avoid that queue, certainly. Um, our website is it's very simple, um, southeastclareshow.com. Um, lots of updates on social media. We have been updated already um, as regards you know, people's concerns going ahead, whatnot, but yeah, 100% it is. Um, our tents and marquees went up this morning, so the ground is in good shape, surprisingly. Um, but yeah, no, we're so, looking forward to looking forward adding to the, the final bit to and it. And a yeah. fine day. So um, thanks very much, uh, Yvonne, for, for coming on, and uh, we hope you have a fine day and, and the best of luck with it. You have been listening to News Extra on Scarif Bay Community Radio. Join us again next weekend and we will keep you updated on local events. 
This is Ursula Hogan for Scarif Bay Community Radio.